Welcome to the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by doctors of physical therapy, Chris and Ross. Here we're going to dive into all things movement, health, and fitness. And we're going to chat with some local fitness experts and friends about their areas of expertise. We hope you enjoy it. It's Braylee here on the Be Ready PT podcast. We are here with Dr. Colleen, and she's going to talk to us about our bowel movements while we're traveling and give us some tips on how to keep them healthy. Happy to be here. And this is my favorite, one of my favorite topics to talk about with pelvic health. So here we go. <laughs> so, yes, um, I'm fascinated with it too. So, recently you wrote a blog for us, um, it's on our website. And we're going to talk about a few things that you mentioned, and you're going to go in depth a little bit more to tell us about it. But first, tell us about using a stool. So, the whole idea behind this stool, a lot of people will know it as like squatty potty, which was, I think, made famous on Shark Tank. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a squatty potty. Really, the main thing is that it just needs to be about a six to seven inch stool for most people. Um, and the beautiful thing about the stool is that it basically sets up your pelvic floor muscles in the best position or alignment for easy emptying. Um, so your rectum in the lower colon is kind of like a straight shoot, right? And so if we can get it put in the best position, then that's going to make for an easier bowel movement. Um, and that pelvic floor muscle that really controls that, its fancy name is called puborectalis. And so when that muscle relaxes, that is what helps you to have a bowel movement a little bit easier. So the stool is just something that's super cheap. Um, I think usually you can pick up a six to seven inch stool for about Thirteen to fifteen dollars. The squatty potty will be a little bit more expensive because it's the brand name. Um, but I also tell a lot of people that have little ones at home, like if your little ones already have a stool that they're using in the bathroom to brush their teeth or reach the sink, you can easily use that. Um, so it's just a really great investment. And people will usually also say, like, well, what do I do if I'm traveling and I normally use a stool? Um, if you really wanted to invest in it, some companies actually make collapsible stools. <laughs> um, I've never used one, but you can uh, put them in your luggage. Um, but usually my tips for people is if they're traveling, most people's bathrooms have a smaller trash can in them. So if there's a bag, like a trash bag in it, I'll tell people, you know, just go ahead and take the trash bag out and then you can flip the trash can on its side and use that. Or people's luggage bag is usually high enough that if you close the top of your luggage and you can put that underneath your feet on the toilet, that usually works pretty well too. Those are all great tips for traveling um, when it comes to using a stool. I implemented this to be a little bit personal a couple of years ago. And uh, now, honestly, it's really difficult to use the restroom when I don't have a stool and I'm traveling and I'm always bummed because I'm like, it's hard. And then I just have to pull the trash can out and use it. But I mean, it makes a huge difference. If you guys are not using a stool, use a stool. It makes it <laughs> easier. And I, I like to put a disclaimer into because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, only females you need to use that or only postpartum women need to use that. But the real reality is, is that everyone um, has a puborectalis. And so it's beneficial for 
all genders to use it. Um, and so if somebody's never tried to use it, I always typically recommend like try a few um, bowel movements with a stool. And if you don't feel a difference, okay, not a big deal. Um, but typically most people will notice a difference, like you said. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, so talk about the time we spend um, trying for a bowel movement. Yeah, this this topic is honestly one of my favorite things to talk to people about because most people, if you ask someone, um, how long does it normally take you to have a bowel movement? People will just kind of look at you kind yeah, of with that like puppy dog head tilt of like, well, I don't know. I've never thought about it before. Mm -hmm. um, so I encourage people, if you've never thought about it, to try to think that through because I think what happens a lot of time when people travel is we get in a rush or maybe your, maybe your family that you're staying with is one of those families that they like to do a lot of things. So like your whole day is planned activities and you have to leave the house by like 9 a.m. Um, if, if that's the case and you're on a schedule, a lot of people will uh, rush to have a bowel movement. So they might sit down on the toilet and think like, oh, I need to be going right away. And so if you don't start pooping within 90 seconds, then people start to strain or try to force it out or they get frustrated because they can't go and they'll get up and leave. And then you end up being constipated for, you know, 24 to 48 hours. So that can be really frustrating when you travel. So what I encourage people to do, and this is not just traveling, this is like your day-to-day -day routine as well, is um, if you're going to go try to have a bowel movement, try to set like a timer on your phone. And the goal would be like, try to stay there for at least five minutes. Um, I think sometimes it's helpful if you can sit there for a little bit longer than five minutes, but that just kind of allows you to um, do some deep belly breathing, um, which we'll talk about in a second. Maybe try even a little bit of bowel massage while you're sitting on the toilet. We'll also talk about that. But just giving yourself a little bit more time because if you get frustrated and you're on like a really tight schedule, then most likely you're going to start trying to Valsalva or hold your breath and bear down. And that can cause a whole nother basket of pelvic health issues. So I think um, just be a little bit more aware of on average, how long does it take me to poop? And when I travel, know that you're probably going to need a few more minutes past that to actually let your pelvic floor relax and your colon to start moving a little bit better. Mm, okay. That's good to know. So tell us about our breath, why that matters with our bowel movements. So um, the main the main thing with breath is it we just don't want to hold our breath and push down. So um, the fancy name for that is called the Valsalva maneuver. And so that's if I take a deep breath in, I don't let any air out, and then I create intra-abdominal pressure or I push down. So it's that classic like <gasps> hold your breath and We'll see that a lot with like weightlifters. Um, you might hear that cued when a woman is getting in labor. Sometimes they'll cue Valsalva breathing or Valsalva breath. And Valsalva maneuver is not necessarily bad by itself, but it's when you, every time you poop that you're using the Valsalva, that can cause long-term issues with pelvic floor muscle dysfunction. It can lead to hemorrhoids. Um, sometimes it can lead to fissures and things like that, which are just super painful. Um, and we wanna try to avoid doing that. Um, and so the main thing is when you need to create like a little extra help or assist for a bowel movement, one of the best things that you can do is actually just continue to inhale and exhale. And so even though you create like a little bit of downward force with your abdomen, ideally we never want to stop 
breathing. And so um, it would be a little bit easier to explain this if if we were in person and I was actually treating you for like constipation or painful bowel movements, it'd be much easier to tell you one-to-one. But um, the main thing is if you're sitting on the toilet and you feel like you need to go, but nothing's really moving, I always tell people like take both hands to your lower belly and kind of like if you were doing a deep belly breath or like deep yoga breathing where you would take an inhale and you almost try to stretch your abdomen out into your hands intentionally. It's like a forceful abdominal inhale. And at the same time, you actually visualize or think about your pelvic floor, like gently softening or moving down. So you create like a little gentle press down, but you never stop inhaling or breathing. And if you do that, you know, anywhere between like five to 10 reps, you should hear or feel your stomach start to gurgle because that breath is kind of like squeezing your colon. And so it helps that fecal material to move towards the rectum so that the bowel movement becomes a little bit more easier. Fascinating. Um, Interesting. (laughs) So breathing, um, you talked about a little bit um, massaging. So tell us more about that. Yeah, bowel massage is such an easy massage technique. Um, And I think once we get a little bit older, we probably stop utilizing it as much. You know, when we think about like kids and having gassy pain, we'll think about maybe massaging a baby's belly or helping our our toddlers go to the bathroom by pressing on their abdomen a little bit. But um, for adults, it works the exact same. So the whole goal with bowel massage is similar to what I mentioned a moment ago with the breath is we want to increase the movement of the colon. And the fancy name for that is just called peristalsis. So that's kind of that natural contraction that your colon does to help move or propel the fecal material towards the rectum. And so bowel massage is something where we just follow the track of the large colon. So again, I'm not describing this to you in person, so I'm going to need you to use your imagination skills here. But If you think about your right and your left hip bone, kind of in the front, below your belly button, Mm -hmm. you always want to start ball massage on the right side of the abdomen. You work upwards towards the right side of your rib cage. You move your hands across underneath your rib cage. And then you go from the left side of your rib cage down to your left hip bone. So it's kind of like an upside down U shape. And When you do that, you're actually following the track of the large colon, and we always want to move from right to left because that is how our colon naturally moves. But bowel massage, you want to try to do it at least five minutes. Again, closer to eight to 10 minutes is going to be best. But when you do bowel massage, it might feel a little tender because there might be gas or fecal material there. But the whole goal is that once you massage in that same upside down U shape over and over again, for about five to 10 minutes, you should have gas. You -hmm. should hear some um, gurgling in your abdomen. And a lot of times, um, if you can do the ball massage before you want to have the ball movement. So like, for example, if your family is that family that has a super busy schedule and you got to be out the door by nine and you want to poop before you leave, um, then really you should be starting ball massage as soon as you wake up so that you have about, you know, an hour to an hour and a half to let that bowel movement actually happen. And if you can start that bowel massage when you wake up, 
usually paired with some type of fluid or small meal in the morning, um, you should feel more of an urgency to go and notice some gas. So it's just another tool in your toolbox, kind of like the stool, um, putting your feet on a stool that can help you have an easier bowel movement. Mm-hmm. You mentioned hot fluid, whether that's caffeine, tea, water with lemon, that also helps our bowel movements. Get It gets things moving. Yeah. So um, to get, you know, continue with the kind of nerdy anatomy side of things, um, the reason why, so for example, people who say, for example, like, oh, once they have coffee in the morning, they always poop right afterwards. Or for some people, it might be tea. Um, That's because you're stimulating something that's called the gastrocolic reflex. So everybody has this. And that's just a fancy anatomy name for if you drink something warm, and that could even just be warm water with a little bit of lemon or honey, um, that is actually going to stimulate your bowels or your colon to say, it tells your brain like, oh, we need to make room because more things are coming in. So we need to get out what is already here. And so that reflex causes the colon to increase its peristalsis or its movement. And that's why a lot of people will have a bowel movement after they drink whatever warm fluid they have in the morning. So again, that goes back to, okay, if you need to leave the house by nine and you want to have a poop before you leave, then you should really try to time your hot fluid you know, about an hour to an hour and a half before you're leaving. And then if you do the ball massage with it, now you're creating this environment where you're encouraging your colon to move and the ball movement should come more naturally once you've done those things. I love it. Planning out your morning around your poop. <laughs> yes. You know, I I will often will ask patients that I'm working with if bowel movements are difficult for them. I usually will always ask what time of the day do you poop? Like if I said, Braylee, what time of the day do you normally poop? You should generally be able to tell me like, yeah, it's usually in the morning between like seven to eight o'clock. Like we really should have a regular bowel schedule because a regular bowel schedule helps to keep us from being constipated. So (laughs) yes. Um, And moving definitely helps for sure. Exercise, all of that. I know for me, All of these things help me, but um, exercise makes a huge difference. And also what I'm eating. You want to talk more about that? Yeah. And I think um, a lot of times, you know, not just depending upon your family or maybe who you're spending your holidays with, some people tend to be more exercisers or movers than others. But if your family or um, your friends that you're spending the holidays with typically tend to um, not move as much. Maybe you're more of like, a, let's hang out at the house. We'll drink some coffee. We'll chit chat for hours about all the things in life. Um, but you don't really leave the house very much. Um, the lack of movement can definitely add to feeling more constipated or not being able to have a ball movement, especially depending on what your diet is or what y'all are eating for the holidays. And so Um, I'll typically encourage people, you know, if you're traveling and we're trying to work on your ball routine, we're trying to just keep it regular, um, definitely trying to plan a walk and it needs to be like a pretty hefty walk. Like we're talking definitely more than a mile, like just trying to get out and move for about 30 minutes or more. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 
in terms of if of walking's not a great option because maybe it's cold or rainy wherever you're at, um, just doing like a really simple um, AMRAP or body weight exercise circuits with some squats, some glute bridges, some bicycle crunches. Those are all those three movements are really great because they cause you to move your legs and your lower abdomen. So it really helps to kind of propel or move the bowels. Um, uh, glute bridges are actually great for gas pain. Um, little fun fact there. So those are kind of my three go-tos for movements. Um, and obviously you can do more than that, but um, any type of movement is going to help. Child's pose. Yeah, child's pose is great yeah. for pelvic floor relaxation. Yes. Um, so yoga can be something like an easy yoga circuit could be great too. So just trying to move to stimulate the bowels. Um, and then you mentioned the food piece. So yes. everyone's going to be like a little bit more sensitive to different types of food, right? Some people might have um, dairy allergies, gluten allergies, etc. But if you're normal diet is different than what some of these holiday meals are going to include. And I'm specifically speaking more towards heavy dairy. So whether that's heavy creams or heavy cheeses, and you're not getting a ton of, I know it sounds super stereotypical, but like fruits and vegetables, um, that's going to play a big role in both the shape of your stool and also how easy it is to pass. So typically um, things that are heavier in dairy are going to cause a little bit slower gut, so that can increase your constipation. Um, but we need a really healthy balance of fiber so that our stools are a good shape and easy to pass. Um, and so what I normally try to encourage people to do is if your family eats a little bit more on the heavy dairy side or starchy side, Maybe you try to see if you can do, instead of doing like a big lunch, maybe you get a salad or instead of doing um, like a larger portion of maybe mac and cheese or mashed potatoes, um, try to do a larger portion of green beans and a smaller portion of the, the starchy or dairy. Um, you can also always try to do some type of smoothie during the middle of the day um, and just add, you know, whether it's kale or mixed greens or something like that, just so that you're getting a few servings of fiber um, in addition to the dairy piece. Yeah, and just drink water. Lots of water. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the water piece is huge, especially because um, if you are dehydrated, I know not for everybody because um, everyone's life journey looks a little bit different. So alcohol may not be something that is part of your holiday celebration. Um, but if alcohol is, or even if it's like sodas or sparkling waters, um, those things are not going to necessarily hydrate you as much as just the pure water. And so if your poops are firm or small pellets, just a little bit harder to pass, most likely that's also related to your hydration. So for the average person, about 64 ounces of water intake per day is what is recommended for healthy bowel movements. And so if if you're not getting that, that's also going to be a huge factor in how firm your stools are. So that's a great point. Yes. 
water always helps. <laughs> and to Dr. Colleen, I was like, you know, sometimes if I just drink water while I'm trying to poop, it helps. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever helps start moving the colon, that that's your toolbox, right? That's right. Always have to have a toolbox. And with kids and stuff, I'm always trying to get creative and how to help them. Um, but thankfully, they're pretty regular, no issues. But the stool has been the biggest thing for all of us in my family. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Braley. I'll just make a quick side note on that is um, I do not specialize in pediatric pelvic health. That's like a, a total um, different subspecialty within pelvic health. But in Nashville, there are pelvic health therapists that specialize in pediatric pelvic health. And that is actually one of the main diagnoses that they'll treat is constipation or pain with bowel movements in little ones. Um, and that's like a whole nother fascinating topic. But if that is something that your children are really struggling with, there is help for that. <laughs> um, and I would be happy to help guide you towards the the pelvic PTs who specialize in pediatrics. But that's amazing. Well, thank you for all of your tips when it comes to traveling, because it's so important. I know sometimes I struggle when I travel. So to have all these tools and tips to help when I travel this weekend and after the holidays uh, will be super helpful to stay regular and feeling my best. Um, keep the water and take up for sure. But yeah, um, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap this up? If anybody um, wants to talk a little bit more about their bowel habits or have any issues with constipation hemorrhoids, um, you can always reach out to us at Be Ready PT, and I'd love to chat with you about your goals. Yes, Colleen is the best, and thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Braley. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Nashville Fitness Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by our local physical therapy practice, Be Ready Performance Therapy. Head over to Instagram or our website. You can find us online at BeReadyPT.com or on Instagram at BeReadyPT. On our website as well as on Instagram, we'll have a bunch more great content in which we dive into things a little bit deeper on our blog as well as through our videos on Instagram. If you have any questions or comments of what you might like to hear or might like us to discuss on the podcast, please shoot us an email, chris at bereadypt.com or ross at bereadypt.com. It's our passion to answer your questions, so please don't hesitate to shoot us an email or a direct message. Also, we'd love it if you rated and subscribed to our podcast so that we can continue to make this podcast the best it can be.